Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Countdown to kickoff on a picture-perfect fall afternoon in Atlanta, three hours away from the Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Roof open today. Falcons going to wear all black today. The smoke is filling in the air here at the Smooth Lock. Come by, join us for the Wade Ford Tailgate Show, brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Smells great out here, and I don't know, Harper, if I'm hungrier for what I'm smelling, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, barbecuing all over the place here, or for a win. I don't know what I'm hungry for. <laughs> I think you're hungry for both, but probably the win would make the food taste a little bit better. That's right. That's right. Uh, the injury report is brought to you by the W Sauce uh, and their Fireshire, which is bigger, better, bolder, and now spicier. Visit the WSauce.com to find a Fireshire retailer near you. And if you want to try Fireshire and W Sauce, it's right next door to us. Yeah. And they're giving away samples, and they got all the bottles over there, and there's really good stuff. If you've uh, always wanted to try W sauce, all right, uh, Joe Patrick, give me the uh, the latest. Uh, the Falcons are th- their pride's been banged up, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the injury status of both teams. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, that was it. There we that's, go. That's Thank the, you. That's, that's the Falcons right. injury list right there. Now, uh, jo- the only one is Josh Ali to go on injured reserve, so he's not technically going to be on the injury list, but they will miss him for the next four games at least. Uh, but he didn't play last week either. Uh, he didn't make the trip to London, so not a big loss. Like he'll, He's just a guy who play, mainly plays on special teams, and they've uh, elevated Xavier Malone from the practice squad to take his place today. So it's all looking pretty good for the Falcons. Uh, and are we to see the Joker today? Is that the, the thought? I think so. I mean, he hasn't. He's been a full participant in practice this week, all week. I think he was on the. He was actually he was uh, on the game day roster for the London game. So um, they just again, Arthur Smith has talked about this. It just comes down to like they have some plays designed for him, but you know, do you actually get into the rhythm of your offense to be able to get him in? You see him at practice. Uh, talk to me about Kyle Pitts' knee. There's been a lot of discussion that it's not been a hundred all year. Yeah, I mean, I think fans have seen it in games. And when you watch him run some of these routes, it just, it just doesn't look like he's running quite right. And especially, it's it's striking when you go back and watch some of his highlights from his rookie year. That's when you really see a different kind of agility to him and a different kind of explosiveness that he's still fast, but he seems more straight-line fast and not able to make as many, like, sharp cuts. And I think that that's probably evidence of something, is, an issue with that knee. He said this week, he said, I was 100% at some point this year, but I'm not, But which kind of implies that he's not now. And Arthur Smith also kind of indicated that he's not playing at 100%. But, I mean, I think clearly with a player like Kyle Pitts, there are ways that you could utilize him that's still going to help this team. I know a lot of fans have been asking, well, if he's not 100%, why is he playing? Well, hardly any player on the Falcons or any NFL team is 100% going into week five, but you play through things. It's interesting that most 
doctors will tell you that if you have a surgery of any kind, it's going to take you anywhere from six to nine months, closer to the nine than yep. the six. Yep. And if you rush him back, Kyle specifically, um, the repercussions are, yeah, he's going to have a lot of pain because he's not strong enough, and you're going to he's going to limp, and he's going to wobble around because he's not 100%. Um, how, how he gets through that to where if he reduces his practice time or the amount of routes that he runs, will he be better on game day? If he takes one hit in a wrong spot, will that affect him? Obviously, all of that, it, it comes into play. But, you know, he's he's, he's your long-term guy. He's, he's going to be the answer. And, you know, you have a hobbled-up guy who's still better than 80% of the other sure. tight ends that are in the league, yeah, but yeah. he's still hobbled up. And just to be clear, I want to say, like, they would not be putting him out there if he was somehow at risk of furthering the injury or or if the injury itself was at risk of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, coming back. I don't think that's the case. I think this is one of those things where there's probably some soreness, you know, from not having used it as much as he's now being thrust into over time. And, um yeah, so I think it's just one of those things that will take some time to get back to. Well, Joe, I'm, I'm almost, uh, you know, I'd love to ask you about uh, Houston's injury status because it was a time where I asked you about Detroit's, and we went, oh, wow, look how yeah, banged up Detroit know, right? is. Yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. Okay. You want to yeah. go down that, that uh, <laughs> oh, road again? Goodness. A lot of guys well, so I'm seeing. Do you have, tell, tell me what you're uh, Yeah, they have a very Joe. long, a lot of names on their injury list as opposed to the Falcons, which, by the way, Calais Campbell not even on the Falcons injury list this week because he did practice on Wednesday. I think it's the first time that Calais has practiced on a Wednesday. Get uh, out. Good yeah. job. Yeah, but they Calais, were big CC. They weren't pads on Wednesday because I think because they were coming back from London so oh, I think yeah. they did the easier the kind of lighter practice earlier in the week but um yeah for the for the Texans they're first of all the guy not on the injury list but he went on IR this week is Derek Stingley one of their best cornerbacks guy who was a top five pick in the NFL draft a few years ago uh, so he's going to miss today uh, Malik Collins defensive tackle is questionable but overall this offensive line for the Texans is actually getting a lot healthier uh, Laramie Tunsil was a full participant in practice on Friday. He hasn't played in recent weeks, and he's questionable for this one. They're also going to be getting uh, one of their other offensive tackles back this week. So they're actually getting a lot healthier. It's actually, um, despite the fact that it's a long list for the Texans, they're actually kind of on the right side of getting some of these guys ready to play again. So you think it's just a limited time on Wednesday and Thursday and then full practice, say we're there? Because I have seven guys on the eight guys. More hand injuries than I've ever seen before. <laughs> yeah, you got a, a hand injury with Josh. Uh, Josh Jones, you've got yep, Josh, uh, Jones. Uh, Josh Jones will Perriman. miss. Christian Harris will miss. Linebacker uh, Shaquille Griffin is questionable. John Mechie is questionable. But I expect some of these guys to play. Like a lot of guys are questionable that all were full participants on Friday. So um, that's a good sign for them to play. But they're, I mean, they'll be missing some guys though. You know, there is a truth in the NFL, and that is that if you are bad enough, after a while, you get good because you get all these star players in. And if you can coach them up, and Houston's been bad enough, are they starting to get good? Kansas City is a more recent example, but the Buffalo Bills were the one that, you know, gosh, they were terrible for years and years and years. The next thing you know, they get Jim Kelly's there, and then they get Cornelius Bennett. They get Daryl Talley in the second round. Some guy named Bruce Smith that uh, ended up being okay for him, if you know what I mean. Thurman Thomas, uh, a bunch of great offensive linemen. The next thing you know, they (laughs) go to the Super Bowl four years in a row. I mean, they're just unbelievable. They lost all of them, but at least they got there, if you know what I mean. And that, that I think, is a sign that uh, if the ownership, if your general manager, your personnel directors are all trying to assemble these, every team is doing it, but if you can do it better than the 31 other teams that you got, um, it, it works out. And then now when you consider you got to do it when they're young because if you have to start paying all these guys, you run out of cap space uh, for all of them. You can't make them all happy. Look what happened with us when we went to the Super Bowl. Pay everybody. 
and you give your running back a big contract. Go ahead, John. Are you... No, 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 no. I was just pointing yeah. to Joe saying I'm going to come after you. Finish. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said you were going to say something like, hey, yeah, that rings a bell. Like something came, yeah, like a light bulb went well, on. Well, no, Julio no, no, no. wanted more money. Matt wanted more money. On defense, everybody said, hey, we had something to do with this too. Next thing you know, you can't afford everybody. And you got Deion Jones that was even last year. He was your dead cap money. You had Julio dead money. You had Matt Ryan dead money. And we've been digging our way out of that financial hole for the last couple of years. Well, Joe, you said the Houston Texans have been playing, uh, you know, kind of like uh, loosey-goosey, devil may care. Hey, listen, this is kind of cool. Or are, are they waking up, maybe going into week five and looking around going, well, the Indianapolis got, uh, Tennessee got, uh, Jacksonville. Hey. Yeah. Hey, yeah. We might be able to win this division. Yeah, I think it's one of the more fun divisions in football because it's so open and it does feel like it's kind of there for the taking for any of these teams. I mean, I think we all kind of thought that Jacksonville would be the ones who kind of assert their authority in that division, but they haven't looked that great. I mean, like Trevor Lawrence has been decent, but he hasn't made a ton of explosive plays. Calvin Ridley's had some issues with drops early this season. They just haven't been as dominant offensively as we thought, and the Texans have had a pretty darn explosive offense so far this year where we didn't really think that was going to be the case with a rookie quarterback. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting division overall and so many good quarterbacks there. Real quick, in the division, Houston has scored 96 points in their four games and Indianapolis has scored 97. But Indy's given up 99 and Houston's only given up 79. So I think the defense between the two is a little bit better advantage Houston and the offense is pick them. It's about the same between either one. Uh, the other two teams, Jacksonville's only scored 80 points, and Tennessee's only scored 72. So in terms of looking at the offense and comparing some things, you're I, well, laughing at I, me. I, no, no, I just, I just love Tennessee being in this division, especially just in the AFC where they're just the antithesis of all these, you know, you got all these other great quarterbacks, these superstar quarterbacks all in the AFC, and then you've got the Titans who are just, like, going to play smash-mouth defense, and they get results, you know? Like, this team just beats yeah. teams. Like, they're just designed almost. We're going to dare you to stop, Derek, yeah. and if you do, we'll throw it to a couple other guys, yeah. but only, you know, only when we have I mean, to. I just love a team that really like, truly embodies the identity that the coach has set forth for them and Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. Like, I don't know if there's a coach in the NFL that's done it better than he has. You might not like the style. It might not be the most entertaining thing to watch in the world, but, gosh, that, I mean, they're just such a tough out. You, you hate to bet against well, them. I think he's one of those guys that this is what we've got. Yeah. And I don't have the speed, guys, so we're going to run the ball. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to try to have to tackle our best player. And good luck doing that. <laughs> yeah. 42 times. No one wants ball to do game. that. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. It's still a little chilly in the shade here because we're in the shade. Yeah. <laughs> Glad they put the tent up this morning. We wouldn't want to be in the sun where it's warmer. Uh, and uh, you do need to know that if you're coming to the game, the roof will be open yeah. today. Yeah. So it's not going to be uh, Don't leave the jacket climate the controlled yeah. so much. It'll be a little bit chillier and the wind will be swirling around and that may affect the kickers yeah. and it yeah. may affect uh, your, your hot dog uh, heat and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. you know, you got to get it down quick before yeah, you don't want that surface, <laughs> that surface temperature on the hot dog. Well, your beverage will stay cold a little bit. <laughs> I hope people come out. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if this second loss in a row and the way they did it in London uh, is turning fans away. Yeah, I, and I sure not exactly a gigantic uh, Houston, Texas fan base in Atlanta to, you know, come in and uh, be, uh, you know, invading our well, stadium. Hey, you know, speaking of the fans, I mean, like, I really think just being in that stadium for those first two home games, I think they made an absolute difference in those games. Creating, you know, they backed up Bryce Young. They He got a big turnover or a big penalty. 
backed him up even further to his own goal line before he threw that interception to Jesse Bates. In Green Bay, you got uh, they took a delay of game that, mm-hmm. that cost them a field goal. Right. Of course, then the Falcons go and win it by less than that of margin. So, I mean, I think the fans have made a huge difference, and I think they're the Falcons, fr- quite frankly, with the way this offense is performing, they need that extra boost today. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's up to the Falcons to, you know, this is a not – the two-way street here. You got to put a product out there. That the oh, fans, I mean, absolutely. we all understand that. So, I mean, to the degree that the fans are going to help you, you got to help the fans too. You got to win <laughs> because there's no doubt that. Look, we all go back to, uh, you know, the the Georgia Dome. Even before, if you want to go back to Fulton County, you can. But go back to the Georgia Dome and think about some of the insane crowds we had at the Georgia Dome. Oh, yeah. Are, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, but we know that this town will get loud and get behind the team. Harper, you've been there. You you know what that's like. They'll get behind you. you got to give them a reason to be behind you. Yeah, I think when Arthur Blank bought the team and took over the Georgia Dome, the first thing he did is he lowered ticket prices in the upper deck, didn't he? It was like 10 bucks, and then they sold it out, and he created the vibe that you need to have in any atmosphere. Uh, you've been to Lambeau, and you mentioned that a little bit earlier in the show. There are some places where you go, Buffalo being another, Washington back in RFK Stadium, that that rickety old 55, maybe 53,000, seat capacity but people would bounce up and down on those uh, mm. uh portable Leakers. stands yeah. that they used to have and it was just whoa this this is what i thought it was when i see it on tv or when you're a part of it denver for example mile high stadium had metal seats and it just made a racket that you know you you come in as a visitor and you know you're not at home you know that there's a there's a 12th player a, a, a different vibe Seattle has it too. You know they they call it the twelfth man. There, there's some places where you go, it's not easy to play. Waveboard tailgate show live from the smooth lot on a Falcons football Sunday uh, as we get ready for the Falcons of the Houston Texans, taking you to the top of the hour in the network pregame show with Mike Johnson and Chris Goforth. One o'clock kick. Wes and Dave on the call right here on Sports Radio ninety two on the game. Live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, counting now to kick off Houston Texans. And, again, uh, Noel White spinning uh, all the records that uh, Harper Bell says uh, is uh, Texas theme today, correct? Yes, it is. Not just Houston, just music from Texas. They are the Texans. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yep, they are. They represent everybody. Don't they? In the state of Texas? The Cowboys or anybody Dallas, that's maybe. ever ridden on a horse. <laughs> Did you ever live in Texas? not live there no you ever live in texas have you uh well i mean is el paso texas sure no that's a bunch of rocks yeah that's, that's what it is <laughs> a bunch of rocks it's own state there's not much anything else there well, if you're i don't know a, I, I, I guess it's texas you know when you live in el paso uh, when i was a kid i lived there for a year and it's like are we really in this state or we, <laughs> yeah. where are we there's a whole lot of nothing picture of tumbleweed paso. Uh, yeah. This uh, Falcons keys to the game portion of the uh, Way Four Tailgate Show is uh, sponsored by the uh, W Sauce and their Fire Shire, which, by the way, at wsauce.com, we just had in the break the yeah, Fire Shire. Yeah, the guys over there next door to us are, uh, hey, you, you here, you need a little of this. Yeah. They brought us over. Joe of the, didn't the even bother swallowing. I couldn't, like yeah, my dog. I couldn't, wait for the, I couldn't wait for the fire shower to get over here. We already had it on the uh, on the marinade. So. Unbelievable. Hey, uh, soundbite that a lot of Falcons, uh, you may have heard it on 92 on the game this week. Uh, we're going to play it again for you. Jimmy Ward's a veteran safety been in the league, I don't know, 10 years or so. And uh, he was asked about the Falcons passing game and their attack uh, this week. And uh, he said something that caught a lot of people's ear. And this is what he said. They got wide receivers if they use them. Uh, I don't think they want to. I don't think they're trying to pass the ball. They're trying to out physical teams and run the ball. 
Yeah, so we're we going to have a tough, tough task at hand is stopping, you know, stopping them from running the ball. Uh, when I was on San Fran, I didn't play last year, but I saw what they did to San Fran last year, and they San Fran went down there and they ran the ball and beat them up pretty bad. So I already know they're going to stick to the run for sure. Yeah, it's all about that. I mean, they got wide receivers if they use them. Uh, you know, is, that, is that like, are you trying to bait the Falcons into, oh, okay, you, you're saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to show do, you. Do they, do they want that to be Baltimore material? They might. They might. Tell me what he said that isn't true. I, no, I, no, no, no. Nobody's arguing. I know. I mean, that's what everybody that's went. The... Every Falcons fan went, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Look, he's. He's watching the eleven film, right? The the, the end zone film, the the, 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 the whole thing film. He's watching all this stuff, and the, he he sees open receivers after the ball's already been thrown, mm-hmm. or or guys that you know he's, he's throwing to the wrong guy. But yeah, here's eleven year veteran that knows knows what he's talking about and wasn't afraid to say it. That's that's a neat thing. Uh, yeah, I dare you to throw deep on me. Yeah. We, we watched Detroit film. We saw that. Exactly. And uh, we agree with what Joe Patrick said earlier in the show. The Falcons, uh, even if we load the box, they're still not going to throw deep. So that has to change, obviously, and hopefully it will today. You know, when we talk about identity, Joe, one of the things that when this franchise had its great run of success during the Dan Quinn era in the Super Bowl year and even the year after, people say, oh, well, you know, they lost that Super Bowl and they went in the tank. No, no, no. The next year they went right back yeah, in. Yeah. And they had first round and 10 back. in Philadelphia, first and goal in Philadelphia. They yeah, score there. Still, still the Philadelphia hurts. flash never happens, and the Falcons might be right back in the Super Bowl. Yep, so yep. Uh, one of the things that marked that Falcons team was that they had some, and I don't have the stat in front of me, some kind of a run where they had scored on their opening drive. Touchdowns in yeah. multiple game after game after game where they would go out and score on their opening drive. Yeah. Here's Arthur Smith talking about the fact that this Falcons team, they tried to get a first down on their opening drive, okay? <laughs> this is what he said. Nope. No Arthur Smith? All right, anyway, we'll I, come back to it. Yeah, we'll come back to it. Anyway, he was talking about having to start fast. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, I mean, it's clearly been an issue. And I remember this team last year. I don't want the stats in front of me, but it seemed like they actually got off to some pretty good starts last year. Uh, when you think about the game, they, when they had against Cleveland around this time of year, the win against, they had that Jimmy Ward mentions against uh, the 49ers, and the fact that this team was able to how physical teams. And you know what I've been thinking about lately? We talk about this team and, and uh, other teams not really being worried about them getting beaten over the top or getting beat deep or at least getting beaten with speed. Doesn't it, it feels to me like this team could really use an Alameda Zacchaeus. <laughs> like he was that guy who was you know making the, running those over routes and well, had again, the speed to get open. Well, maybe that's Scott Miller, and again, they haven't, exactly, tar- they haven't exactly. even tar- targeted him one time yeah. this year. And I think that's been a big criticism that a lot of people have had of Arthur Smith is the lack of utilization of Scotty Miller, a free agent that you brought in. You, I certainly expected him to have a, a big impact, and he's not even really getting on the field very much and i think that part of that is down to arthur smith wanting to use these two and even three tight end personnel sets and that kind of leaves a guy like scotty miller a little bit on the outs and i wonder if arthur smith might need to go back to running some more 11 personnel to lighten up the boxes the falcons run against more heavier boxes than anybody in the league Uh, try to lighten up those boxes but get scotty miller on the field make defenses account for the speed that he has over the top and i think that alone could help open up a little bit of stuff in the running game for you there's a story that 27G, which was a play that the Green Bay Packers ran forever, that Vince Lombardi spoke on that at a coaches convention for eight 
hours straight, <laughs> yeah. one play. The pin and pull. Yeah, yeah. The Falcons don't do anything like that. Okay, yeah. we run zone. You, you're going to run a 27G type play, but we run with two tights or one tight or three and four receivers and empty backfield, and we're constantly trying to challenge the defense in ways where we give them something that they may not recognize immediately and be able to force a right. mismatch. Right. I understand that, but sometimes this year it appears that we're not running the power football right up the middle and running and really being impressive and go, you have to stop us. All right, let's talk about the other side of the uh, football here from your perspective, Harper. Uh, any chance you can get pressure on C.J. Stroud and and, uh, and move him off his spot and maybe get him to the ground? Well, David Onyemata is really a guy that I think that has been an unsung hero. His stats don't have – he's not leading the league in stats in terms of sacks or pressures or tackle for losses, but he's getting up the middle in a way that I think is helping Grady. And the two of them together are forcing people out of the pocket. We're, we're putting pressure – in the third and fourth quarter, I think it happened in both of our previous home games where Bryce Young and then you've got Love with Green Bay. Things that worked in the first and the second quarter, they weren't working later on, and I think the pressure that we were getting. We still don't have the outside edge presence that's dominating, but we're getting to the quarterback in a better way. That's Yes, absolutely, I think we're doing a better job, and that allows the secondary to take chances and hopefully get a pick. And Jesse's got three picks, but I'd love to have him with five, but... I'd love Terrell to have a, a couple of picks, too, or Okuda. Um, working all together, the back seven um, has done a great job, in my opinion, so far this year because we've getting more pressure on the quarterback and forcing him to throw. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, David Onimata has been a huge difference maker, a guy who has not really gotten a lot of attention from media just because of the exploits of guys like Jesse Bates and some of the other um, new players on this defense that have made plays for this team. But David Onimata is one of the highest-graded interior defensive lineman in the NFL so far through four games and he is applying that pressure like like Harper said so I think that that's going to be interesting to see how CJ Stroud is able to deal with that if he, if he does have that pressure coming up in his face you know some quarterbacks don't like that I know Tom Brady was kind of infamous for never liking the pressure when it specifically comes up the middle on teams and so um, it, they're going to be able to smart how they Drew, rush him though, because Burger C, hated it yeah CJ, a lot of guys CJ Stroud I mean he showed in that in that uh, was it the Sugar Bowl they played uh, or the Peach Bowl I guess it was here against uh, Georgia that he can make plays when he gets out of the pocket, so they're going to have to be careful with how they rush him to make sure they don't get hurt themselves. You know, if you think about uh, Desmond Ritter and all the pressure that's on Desmond Ritter to come out and perform and, you know, all the chatter about making a quarterback change in-game, in-season, whatever, uh, the fact of the matter is they do have to block for him. Can the Atlanta Falcons hold uh, off this uh, Texans pass rush without having to go to a max protect package where you're you know limiting the number of options he has down the field yeah i really struggle with the uh you know you bring in the tight end and then you keep a fullback or some you just change your personnel so that you can protect the quarterback here's the way i look at it john and i mentioned this to joe a little bit earlier while we were off the air there's a triangle on in your passing game where you've got your receivers they got to get open and if they are the quarterback's going to get it to them even if it's early it doesn't matter He, he has the ability to do that so I'm sensing that they're not open because the quarterback's holding the ball a little bit longer. And when he holds it a little bit longer, the offensive line is in, in hey, wait a second, we can't keep him out for 2.9 seconds. We can do it for 2.6 on average. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're just we, we can rush people by, but it, the, the connectivity between all three of them and, and how they're supposed to move. The offensive line, okay, if they protect a little bit longer, will that allow the ball to get out and be a completion? So far we have, we've seen 
it, it, it mismatch. It, it's just not working correctly. There's no synchronicity to it, and, and, and it's not going smoothly. And so one group looks at another and goes, hey, it's my fault or it's your fault. or It's just not working. The passing game is really deficient right now where if I think Desmond just relaxes and just does what he did in college or what he tried to do last year and doesn't overthink it, that might be just some way that he gets the ball out a little bit better and his completion percentage goes up and we get first downs and touchdowns. Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer, live from the smooth lot to that passing game being deficient. There is, again, blame to all. I'm not trying. This is not a defense that doesn't murder. It's just blame to all, oh, Joe, to all go all the way around here. One of the things that's true, and I think just the average fan can see it on television, there seems to be, so far this season, almost no separation from the Atlanta Falcons receivers and the defensive backs. It's not like he's had guys wide open. He, he may right. have had one or two that he missed, but it's not like they're running on the field and, you know, and, you know like uh, Detroit, you know, tight end right. I mean, right. with nobody around him. Yeah, and I think that it makes it even more difficult for a young quarterback like Ritter to be able to discern whether I should even throw this ball. Like, Arthur Smith might be totally happy with, you know, if there's a guy kind of on Drake London, like, yeah, throw it to him because we have confidence that Drake is going to be able to make that play. But if you're, you know, a young quarterback, are, are, are you recognizing that instantly? Or do you think, oh, he's covered, I need to go to a different, I need to go to a different receiver. Um, it is, I think, a, a little bit concerning. And I think it, it, when it comes to personnel, you have Matt Collins and Drake London, who to me are similar receivers in that respect. They're not separators. They're win one-on-one catches type of receivers. And that's where, again, to go back to Scotty Miller, it's like even if you don't throw him the ball, he at least gives your offense a different component. Uh, and I know that they've tried to use Kyle Pitts in that way, but I even think like for as fast as Kyle Pitts is and as much of a big as a mismatch as he is against a lot of linebackers or whoever they, they – teams don't have linebackers covering Kyle Pitts really, but – Scotty Miller's different. He, he is a different level of speed that gives you a different different look to your offense. Or Kadero Hodge. We haven't thrown around in a way that has been successful. So it makes it look, all right, now I've got to throw it to somebody, and I've got to get it's third and seven. There's not a whole lot of time. It's click it four, three, two, set hut, and i got to make a throw and get it out. And, 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 and also to this, I think Desmond Ritter – is struggling to anticipate when guys are going to come open downfield. We don't really see him throwing the ball downfield a lot so far this year other than kind of design shot plays. There was the one to incomplete the pits against Detroit. There was the one that was complete to Matt Collins on the flea flicker against Green Bay. But these are more like designed, like let's get the ball, let's take these downfield shots, as opposed to him being able to anticipate maybe an alert route, a clear-out route coming open because of some of the coverages he might see pre-snap. I think that that's just something that uh, will hopefully come with time. But, again, the pro- I think the problem for Desmond Ritter is I don't think he has that much time for where the Falcons kind of are on their trajectory because if you get a decent quarterback in, this team is playoff caliber. I, I'm not talking about apologies necessarily, but Desmond Ritter fans on, on Twitter X will say things like, he's still a rookie, he's only played eight games. Right. But he's been Harper in the, in the league for a year and a half. Is he really still a rookie? No. No, you're a rookie when your first season is over. So, no. But is he a young quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. He's still young. But he was so successful in college, and there were so many things that he did that were impressive that were not seen in any type of consistent manner right now. And that's, that's concerning. Yeah, it is concerning. We are getting uh, to uh, the network pregame show at the top of the hour with uh, Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson. That will lead us to the 1 o'clock kick. And, of course, uh, we want to invite you to be part of the flyover after the game. And hopefully it'll be a good flyover Let's and people so. will be calling up Rob and having a good time here as the Falcons take on the Houston Texans today wearing the all-black. The uh, Jerry Glanville kind of salute uh, today, just speaking of 
guys who have Texas ties. Uh, as we continue, uh, concerns and Harper's Jersey question. All ahead of the Wayport Tailgate Show on Sports Radio 90 to join the game. Wayport Tailgate Show live from the Smooth Lot on Sports Radio 90 to join the game. John Fricky, Harper LaBelle, Joe Patrick. As we count down to the Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons. All right, uh, again, Harper picks the music. Noel White spins the music. Walk me through it, uh, Harper. Tell me who we're listening to. I can't tell you. I can't hear it right now. <laughs> my, my, my... What's playing? Oh, on the oh, road again. That's Willie, Willie Nelson, Nelson, my friends. Uh, come on now. If you're from Texas and you don't know Willie Nelson. Right. I couldn't hear it. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. yeah, we, yeah so... Uh, Buddy Holly and the Crickets and Chris Christofferson and ZZ Top, we played them. Roy Orbison, Beyonce is from Texas. Um, oh, yeah. Billy Preston, we played a little bit of him. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Barry White. So there are a lot oh, of connections. Barry, you know, Barry White. Yeah, yeah buddy. Well, Noel would have, you know, she would have been a, <laughs> not, not been able to produce the show if we listened to too much Barry White. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the connection. And, and you know, uh, um Cowboys are considered, and and this franchise itself, you know, I'm thinking Oilers, right? You go back to the Houston Oilers, and then when they leave and go to Tennessee and things change, Houston's a top six market, I think, in the country, aren't they? It's a huge TV market, and and, uh, for them to not have a football team, that would be a disgrace. But they get the the Texans back, and uh, David Carr, remember, he was their first quarterback, Mm -hmm. Derek's brother. Derek's brother, right? He struggled. Inaugural friend. No, he didn't struggle. He he got destroyed. Yeah, he, he was done dirty. Oh, man. So they took the high school offensive oh, kids God. from Texas and oh, put them up against. Uh, that poor guy, he got just obliterated. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> what, what is your biggest concern for this game today, Harper, as you see the, the Texans and the Falcons? Is it about containing C.J. Stroud, or is it about anything the Falcons may or may not do? Yeah, I don't want C.J. Stroud to get to the Pro Bowl because of playing <laughs> against us today. I, I think he's got a lot of weapons. Robert Woods is a little bit older guy that's been around, but I'm worried about Nico Collins. Uh, I think he found him, big, tall receiver out of Michigan. He can play. Had seven receptions last week, 168 yards, which is just a couple yards of having a franchise best Two touchdowns. Dalton Schultz, who comes over from the Cowboys, he had a big game last week, three receptions. He had a touchdown. But uh, Damian Pierce, I don't want him to make it to the Pro Bowl either because of playing against us. And we've we've been able to highlight. So if we can slow down their their offense a little bit and get at their nicked-up offensive line and and create some pressure and uh, get some turnovers, I think that's going to be the thing that might – if we can't do that, then, uh-oh, it may be a long day for I'll, us. I'll go away from the low-hanging fruit with Desmond Ritter, and I'll, I'll go towards the offensive line, and are they are they going to be able to handle Will Anderson? I know some of the other linemen have had the better stats than Will Anderson so far this year, but to me, just the profile of player he is has proven to be a difficult one for this Falcons offensive line, in particular, Kayla McGarry, to really kind of keep a hold of throughout the duration of the game, just a speedy edge rusher, a young guy who's got a lot of athleticism, so... Um, that's the biggest one for me because if he gets those negative plays, starts creating those negative plays, it's really hard for this Falcons offense to dig out of those situations. What's yeah. different in your opinion, John? I, I, I got to see this running game really kind of develop. I, I need to see an identity on offense. They have no identity. They have nothing to lean on when things go bad, and I need to see them come up with something that they can count on. Okay, this isn't working. Let's go to our bread and butter. And the team doesn't have a bread and butter right now, and so I, I want to see more of that. Falcons going to wear all black today. Now, Houston – 
the, the, the previous team, now the Tennessee Titans, who they were the Houston Oilers, became the Tennessee Oilers for a year, and then became the Tennessee Titans, have one of the great helmets of all time. Red, white, and blue with the Derrick on it. You know, I mean, I just love that helmet. Uh, so, um, but, you know, when you talk about uniforms and the All Blacks, that's what the Falcons are going to have today. But Houston comes out with that Houston, Texas, which kind of looks a little bit like the Houston Gamblers of the old the USFL. Uh, I, I kind of like the design of their helmet. Uh, I don't like it when they go all red. I just don't. It's just not agree. my favorite for them. But uh, you have it's a favorite like favorite jersey. Now, who, can we include, and this is open to anybody, there's yes. no wrong answer. Can We we can include the Oilers. Yes. Okay, because we do that. Who do you want? Do you want me to give mine first? Yeah, or sure. Favorite jersey? Favorite football? No, you, again, fa- it, this is Harper's question about oh, okay, you, can oh, for the, you can only have one Texans, jersey, Texans and I'm going to buy Oilers. you a jersey for anyone in the Houston professional football ranks. Who would you want me to buy that jersey for you? I think maybe D'Amico Ryans. How about that? The head coach, also one of their legendary players. Fair enough. What number did he wear? I don't remember. 49, I think. Something like that. 59, maybe. How about you, John? Well, can I go a little bit off the board? Of course you can. Okay, I want the uh, 10-gallon hat of Bub Phillips. <laughs> um, that would be Bum interesting Phillips. right there. Yeah, the Bum Phillips hat. So a Stetson. You want a Stetson? Yeah, I want a Stetson. Yeah, with BP on it, Yeah, right, right you know? Um, I thought about... Um, what was Burroughs for? Ken Burrow, double zero. He, right, he right, made that. Burrow, right. I think Billy White shoes. Dan Pastorini. No, 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 no. Billy White shoes is our guy. We're going to. I know, it. but he <laughs> sta- he started. The, he did the dance first there. I know yeah. he did. Um, I, I thought about uh, getting a JJ jersey, but I'd have to go. If there's only one, I'd have to go with 34. I'd take uh, Earl, Earl Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. That, yeah he, I mean, oh wait, he, we are going with Oilers. Yeah, well, that's why okay. I said Bob Phillips. Okay, okay. So you change Yeah, then I would change. I'll go Warren Moon. Ooh, number one. Yeah. Yeah. He, not not a, a classic uni. Well, I mentioned, yeah, Dan was, uh, but the House of Pain, when I went to the Astrodome the very first time that I'd been in it, I, I, someone had said, you could put the Astrodome inside the Superdome. That's how big the Superdome is comparatively. But because it was such a, an original, remember the first year that they had the Astrodome, they had glass, a glass ceiling, but the ultra, right, um, the ultra the UV violet right, light couldn't get through and all the grass died and that's how they created astroturf they had to have something and so they covered it up and is that the house the of pain astroturf comes from because yeah, it was, yeah. absolutely yeah how about that well, Astro- oh, yeah you gotta have some gray hair in order to know some of these things right <laughs> but but jerry was the coach there would you have a jerry glanville uh stetson hat no i want the bum phillips you want the bum phillips. By, by the way if you've never priced those things out oh you're gonna spend some money oh you're, you're looking at 500 Oh yeah, yeah. Those hats. Yeah, five six hundred. That's why you want it. Yeah. Best value. Best value. Real good ones. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The ten gallon. Trying to extract as much money out of Harper's wallet as you possibly can. It was well, like yeah. I, I went to when I got married. I went to the stockyards in Fort Worth for dinner one night. We walk into this place that sells all the Western gear, right? And, and this, they had a saddle. The saddle was forty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my god. It's worth more than your horses, <laughs> your whole herd of horses that you have. Well, it was like diamond studded no, or something. No, like, it was just a top of the line. You know, you know. I mean, no, handcrafted. Yeah, handcrafted, all leather. Done. You know, it was like. Oh, now, as, as tacky as it was with the pom poms and all that, but the love you blue. Houston Oilers, that song that Houston they had, Oilers. everybody, and that, number one, that's all it, and they weren't number one, but uh, that's that's what I grew up watching, and the impression there, and I didn't like the light blue, I know the red, yeah, white, and it right. was light blue, 
But uh, the House of Pain, though, when uh, when when Jerry was there and uh, Robert Lyles and and uh, he brought Robert from there. Um, we also had uh, Heisman Trophy winner from Nebraska, um, Mike Rozier was was uh, an Oiler back in the day. They were a tough team he, he, and they were he hard was to a beat. Falcon too, right? I mean, so there you go. Yeah, and he still lives here in Atlanta. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Mike yeah. Anyway, uh, we will get to our predictions on the game as we take you to the network and the pregame show with Mike Johnson and Chris Goforth uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes as we uh, continue the last segment of the Wade Ford Tailgate Show on a picture-perfect uh, fall football Sunday in Atlanta on Sports Radio 92 on the game. is about to begin. There it comes. My goodness. And tickets are on sale now. The stars are all lined up. See the biggest stars. He has the it factor. Under the brightest lights. He is on fire. At the best party in Atlanta. Get your tickets now before they sell out. How about that? At hawks.com slash tickets. You get beat, make sure that they know that we're going to line back up or you're going to have to beat me again. Getting you ready for today's game. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Wade Ford Tailgate Show. I don't think the music Harper does. Noel just spins it. So if you have any problems with the music, you can contact Harper Lavelle at one 800 Easy care uh, little buddy Holly right now. Little buddy Holly? Yeah. Yeah. Lubbock? Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Have you been to Lubbock? Yep. Okay. Been to Lubbock. Did, I have, uh, did a basketball game between... Uh, the Red Raiders, right? Yeah. Bob Knight was the coach. Ooh. Ah, yeah. And so, to interview the general. It's all six foot eight of him. Did he throw a chair at you no, beforehand? No, no, no. no. He waited till later? Yeah. He okay. was... No, he was an intimidating figure because you know I didn't realize he was like six eight and three hundred pounds. Is he really? Oh, huge, I didn't know that. huge guy. Huh. Uh, anyway, uh, we a couple minutes left here, gentlemen. Let's uh, make predictions uh, on the game today. What do you expect to see happen today, Harper Lavelle? Well, I think that they're going to come out fast. Uh, we're going to move the ball a little bit initially. I know that's everybody's concern. And uh, what do we do? They're going to just offset it all. They're going to do what I want them to do, and that they're going to get early and often. They're going to score, and it's it's going to be a whole different vibe than what they've had the last two weeks of being on the road in Detroit and in London. So uh, we turn it around here today. Offensively, we get some things done, and we find a way to win. I'm not sold that they'll get off to the hot start like Harper was talking about, but I do think they will move the ball. I think that's easy to get stuck in a trap where the last thing we saw is going to be what we see the next time we see them, and the NFL just doesn't work like that. So I think the I think the Falcons will will score some points. They'll score some touchdowns, uh, but I think it's going to be a close one. I think that the Texans will as well, and it's going to be a nail biter. Yeah, I do. I agree. I, C.J. Stroud strikes me as already there in a lot of ways. Just watching him play, yeah. uh, you know, he is way ahead of Bryce Young. And I guess, you know, if you're in Carolina, you go, did we take the wrong guy? I mean, it's a crapshoot when you take quarterbacks. Yeah. just is. Yep. Yeah. It's so risky to trade up to that spot. And so I expect this to be. Well, uh, your prototypical quarterback. Takes a shootout. Now is, is you know, he's six, three, or four, maybe five. Uh, Bryce is not. He's barely six feet. I mean, some people will measure him at 5'11. I, mean, I just think he's such a. Yes, he had the pedigree. 
right? He had national championship. He had all this Alabama experience. But uh, it's, not the, it's not that you can't be successful, like, when you're that size, but it just reduces the margin for error. You know, it just makes it that much harder, more difficult. you got to be more precise. Well, Hansall was Drew Brees. I mean, he's a legendary quarterback. Five, I mean, he, was, he, was a, he was an amazing quarterback. Just yeah. goes to show you can do it, but it's tough. Yeah, yeah. No. But, and, you know, I mean, it's not like everybody's six foot eight. And sometimes six foot eight guys aren't very good quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. But they make good basketball coaches, is from what I hear. <laughs> but CJ, uh, yeah, we got to stop him. And and my my guy right now, I'm um, I'm really afraid of Nico Collins. Yeah, I, I think, think this the is Falcons the one we got to stop. First game this year, the Falcons are going to have to score thirty to win. Yeah, a player, you know, a player this thing could swing on is uh, Young Way Koo, who who has you know been kind of up and down this year. And I do wonder if how much the open roof may affect the the kicking game. But it does. I mean, it feels like it's going to be a game that is so close that you got to be making your kicks when you get those opportunities. It is the Falcons and the Houston Texans today, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, it'll be breezy inside the stadium. The roof is open on an all black Sunday for the Atlanta Falcons. Stand by for the network pregame show. Chris Goforth, Mike Johnson, top of the hour. My thanks to Noel White, to Jersey Mike, everybody here. And get ready for Falcons football on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.